Welcome to Talking Transfers from the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by 90 Min's transfer correspondent, Graham Bailey, and 90 Min head of UK content, Toby Cudworth. Toby, brief holiday for you. You missed last week's show. How are you doing? Yeah, I've um, not been out of the transfer loop, even though I've been away for a couple of weeks. Went to Milan for my birthday, which I think you touched on on the first podcast, and I'm just exceptionally busy last week. Um, I'm actually just looking out the window. It's raining, Scott. It's not 100 million degrees. I know we always talk about the weather, but this is big news. It is raining. It's only about 21 degrees, so I'm actually in a very chipper mood. It's amazing, isn't it? It's like I've, I've had the doors open. I've got bifolding doors at the back of my flat. Got them wide open to get some of the cooler air in because it's just been too much for me to handle. Barely been able to sleep. Uh, Graham, how are you? Have the, the warm temperatures of London uh, continued up north? Yeah, still still quite muggy. We haven't quite had the uh, heavy rainstorms yet, but we're hoping to get them today. Um, so I'm sucking down. I'm getting there. Lots of manuated messages at the minute, which is all good for the show. <laughs> Plenty of rainstorms everywhere across the UK at the moment, and with Manchester United, obviously as well. We'll talk. We'll do a big section on Man United today because what the hell is going on there? Nobody knows, or maybe we know. We'll talk about uh, some interest in some potential transfer targets. We'll talk Cristiano Ronaldo, etc. But uh, We'll also talk Wesley Fafana, Anthony Gordon, uh, Toby's West Ham section will make a return as they are looking to sign a couple of players. Mateus Nunes to Wolves, basically done. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Man City signing Sergio Gomez, uh, potential answer at left back for them. And then Newcastle latest on the likes of Jao Pedro, etc., etc. Please subscribe to our show on all your major podcast platforms and follow us on Twitter too, at underscore Scott Saunders at Graham Bailey, and at Toby underscore Cudworth. This is a show all about the latest on the futures of the biggest names in world football, be it players or managers. And on today's section, let's talk Manchester United, shall we? Because, uh, obviously, (laughs) a 4-0 defeat at Brentford. I was there uh, for that in the sun in West London the other day. I, I, I would say I couldn't believe what I was seeing, but I actually could because I've seen this defeat happen a good few times before in the last few months. Uh, big section on United for today's show. We'll talk Ronaldo, we'll talk Frankie de Jong, we'll talk Mateus Cunha, we'll talk a bit of uh, Serginio Dest as well, and some links to Pedro Neto as well that we've learned about over the last few days, although not only uh, United in the running for that. But I suppose the top line here, we'll get into Ronaldo in a second, is that Eric Ten Hag is still hopeful. Uh, where are we? 16th of August, Eric Ten Hag is still hopeful that before the 31st or before the closure of the transfer window, that United could land five players to bolster his squad, uh, to bolster his team. So uh, we'll get through that uh, throughout the course of this section, but we'll start with potential outgoings. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, there's a piece on nightmin.com now, which essentially outlines that Eric Ten Hag is now ready to allow Cristiano Ronaldo to leave. Uh, But the line from Man United all summer has been that they would like to keep Cristiano Ronaldo. Graham, what's the latest with with Ronaldo? He is stuck in a team that is bottom of the Premier League. This is not something he's used to. Uh, Not a happy boy. He's not. And um, I said before, I was getting lots of messages. Um, it, It seems he's not the only one. But yeah, he asked in June to leave. He had the summit meeting in July, end of July again. Uh, which Mendes attended at Carrington. Um, big publicity around it because Ferguson Gill were in the building, not in the meeting, but in the building at the same time. 
And yet he, his stance hasn't changed. He wants Champions League football. But obviously, tied in with United's worst start in a century, you know, he and I know we spoke offshore about this, where I think he's getting a lot of stick, which isn't justified. I think he's he's taking the blame. I think he's willing to do so to a certain extent. You know, and and, I, and I, again, I said this to you, Scott, I, I don't think Ronaldo wants to leave Manchester United at the bottom of the table. I don't think it's Ronaldo's fault. No, Manchester United are at the bottom of the table in any way, shape or form. Yes, he's not happy, but he's, he's a world-class player. He, he, he's he been let down by the club. And and it seems, yeah, he doesn't obviously... Um, he's not getting on with Eric Ten Hag. We can see that. He doesn't agree with some of the way Ten Hag is is working with the squad. And obviously he's pointing out his his past glories. And, you know, Eric Ten Hag, that's probably frustrating to him, you know. And, um, yeah, this is only going one way, Scott. And we have said this on the show quite a few times. Um, and, and I'll stop that. I don't think Ronaldo will be a Manchester United player on the 1st of September. And it's looking that way now. And it's our belief that Ten Hag has now sanctioned his exit. He's told the head club's hierarchy that he will allow him to go, which isn't a big surprise. You know, we did any, I don't think many of us, we believed the club when they were saying he's obviously not available. I think we knew this was going on, but I think now, yeah, um, from what we've been told, Aaron Ten Hag has, has said, yes, he can go. So uh, is that different to what the club actually think? And obviously we mentioned there, uh, we, we talked about Chelsea and they're interested in him on this show a number of times before. A number of clubs have distanced themselves from Ronaldo in a sense, where does he go? I think the, the main question is, where does Ronaldo go? Uh, Atletico Madrid been linked. Bayern Munich have publicly denied any interest in Ronaldo and bringing him there. Chelsea's still there looking for a striker as well, but seem to have switched their attention elsewhere at the moment. But how do we, if Ronaldo does go, how does this come about? Yeah, obviously, I think the clubs have always, always got that get out. You know, if, if Ronaldo suddenly becomes available, they can say, oh, well, when we were linked to him before, he wasn't actually available. We didn't take it serious, etc., etc. I think there's a get-out for every club, isn't there, when when if they want to sign a player. If Bayern suddenly came in, all the can't said, oh, yeah, well, I was talking about Ronaldo when he wasn't available, etc. And and I think all these clubs, you know, we still see that PSG linked. PSG, Bayern, Chelsea, Atletico, it's likely to be one of those four if and when he does go sporting, it would have to be a very generous deal on Ronaldo's side to do that deal. Never say never. It gives him a chance to play Champions League football, obviously. But would he be winning week in, week out? I'm not so sure. So I still think Chelsea are the ones to watch here. You know, they are trying for Aubameyang, but that's a very, as, as we know with De Jong, we've been talking about signing any player that is complicated. That's complicated by Alonso. It's complicated by the fact that Aubameyang hasn't really confirmed that he wants to leave Barcelona. So there are options there for Ronaldo and after, and I think we'll see in these next two weeks um, where he will go. And I, I think Atletico is an interesting one. I think if out of all those managers, I think I'd love to see him work under Diego Simeone. It'd be very interesting. Uh, and obviously, there is a potential exit at Atletico Madrid, which could uh, make it a bit easier for them to take Ronaldo, as we're about to discuss, Scott. Yeah, we'll talk that in a second. I'll just bring Toby in, though, uh, given... West Ham are on zero points in the Premier League table, just like Man United are. How, how do you reflect on the situation looking from the outside on United? Graham pointed out that Ronaldo is not the big problem. He's not the biggest problem. He's one of, but he is one of the smaller problems in Eric Ten Hag's massive list of issues that he needs to sort out. They were an absolute shambles at the weekend, and I did 
I said to you, Scott, I felt quite sorry for you being there watching that in person. And your reply to me was, I've seen it all before, which is true. Um, United have got to resolve this situation like they've got to resolve the Frankie de Jong situation because the PR and the way this looks for Manchester United is just dragging the club through the mud. Um, it just looks so basic, doesn't it? They're just not very well run and nobody appears to be on the same page. There's leaks coming out left, right and centre, conflicting information. So many targets seemingly coming out of left field as well. Names being thrown about offered to Manchester United. Can you remember in years gone by when players were offered to Manchester United and they would take it? It used to be the other way around. If Manchester United wanted somebody, they would go and get them. It wasn't a case of, oh, such and such is available. Would you like to do a deal? That's the position United seem to find themselves in at the moment that they're willing to listen to clubs who are looking to get rid of their players. Um, I still don't see where Ronaldo can go, though, in regards to his future. I can't see a, a taker. Atletico Madrid might be the one who could take him, and I'm a bit aligned with Graham now. I think it'd be quite fun to see him work under Diego Simeone. Um, it would be fun. Another, another personality who wants to win at all costs, which is what Ronaldo obviously wants and what he's always been about. Um but we say Ronaldo isn't the problem. We also said pre-show, discussing amongst ourselves, how Juventus fans felt about Ronaldo. He was scoring goals during his time there, but they couldn't wait to see the back of him as well. So for United, is getting rid of him the best thing? I think it is, but it's not actually the biggest problem. Um, being rolled over 4-0 at Brentford and in the manner that you lost is obviously the biggest biggest problem you've got. The, the split is still there within United fans. Some some absolutely swear by Ronaldo, and that, I don't, it's not all his fault. It's not his fault. Generally, he's just he's come to United to win. And ultimately, Graham's point about being failed by United is absolutely true. Uh, but the way that it stands now, Eric Ten Hag is looking to play a certain way, uh, and it just seems at 37, 38 later this year. Ronaldo is, and the attitude that he's showing towards actually having to go and press on defenders and this kind of stuff, that that's why he doesn't fit. And I think that's probably one of the first remedies that United have to sort out in order to move forward. They might have to take a step backwards to move forwards, but Arsenal have managed to do it with a, a number of players that they've shipped out to much criticism over the last few months and few years. Uh, but United have to move on. They need some kind of resolution to this because Ronaldo's not going to be happy battling relegation all season. Do you, do you think it's constructive, Scott, for Ronaldo to act in the way that he does on the pitch? He's billed as the ultimate professional. He's looked after himself impeccably over the last 20 years. He's done so many things right in his career, probably the best in terms of conditioning and other factors. But his demeanour and the attitude that he's reflecting on the pitch, is that encouraging a bit of a pylon? Do you think in terms of when things are going wrong, they're being blown massively out of proportion because of Ronaldo's antics? Yeah, probably. Uh, I mean, but that's the way that Ronaldo is, even when he was 20, 21. That, that's the way that he would act on the pitch anyway. You know, I knew what they were getting. He's never changed throughout his entire career. And I would also say as well that Ronaldo is not the only one to flail his arms, point fingers, etc., etc. Bruno Fernandes does that pretty much. He's He's better performing in that way than on the pitch at the moment. And you have I, to I find it quite amusing game. that Bruno's been doing that because he's been awful for months. I haven't yeah. seen a good game from Bruno. And he's still, yeah. So how do United fix this then? Let's move on because we'll, we'll see what happens with Ronaldo. 
Uh, but on Monday night, Graham, we put the piece out on Manchester United's interest in an Atletico Madrid striker, Mateus Cunha, Brazilian international, uh, a forward who can play right across the front line, I believe, but uh, has been playing at cent- maybe at centre-forward you know, for the duration of his time over the last few years. Atletico Madrid signed him last year for about £22 million, and now United are looking at a player who made six starts in La Liga last year and paying... 40 million plus for him. I made this comparison on the Promised Land podcast, so go and check that out on another channel, the Promised Land, uh, specifically Man United show. United should be snapping up. If they want somebody like Matthias Cunha, they should be snapping him up from Hertha Berlin a year ago. Not I made the comparison to somebody like Roberto Firmino. Liverpool picked him up from Hoffenheim for 30 odd million. Largely unknown quantity, uh, but United, instead of taking him from the bigger club who will demand more money than a Hertha Berlin would, so uh, get us up to speed on this one, Graham. Uh, how likely is this? I mean, they've been linked. We, we reported the Jamie Vardy news and the interest in Jamie Vardy at the start of the month. Obviously, that, that's come out this week as well from various other places. Uh, United are exploring moves for a number of strikers. How likely is this one? Yeah, they're obviously going to need two forwards, Ronaldo leaving Scardi. We know they wanted Anthony from Ajax, which, you know, they're not going to play a club record for as they demanded. So, yeah, this has got legs. United have been talking to Atletico quite a lot over the summer about varying deals. And obviously, this one has come to light that Atletico are willing to do business. We understand they take at least 50, which is doubling the money for Atletico. Obviously, Hertha have got a 10% sell-on fee as well. So, they'll have to cover that. And I think United are just doing the homework on this. They're making sure the player wants to come. They're making sure the deal is um, achievable um, with Atletico. We are told, obviously, even if Ronaldo did go in the other direction, this would be a separate deal. It wouldn't be a swap or anything, even if it happened that they both um, cross paths on, on the way to each other's new clubs. But, no, he's an interesting prospect. You know, he plays across the front. He's not an out number nine. He can play there. He's done so for Brazil many times. Obviously, never scoring, so that doesn't put too well. But um, six goals, four assists. He's a good player. And I think it's the sort of player, as Toby said, where... You know, it's a bit of a gamble, obviously, um, but I think he's a good player. Um, he's got a high ceiling, and you know, when you compare him to like an, an out of it, it's, it's a massive step up just in terms of the players you're looking at. So, I like him as a player. Is he going to improve your starting 11? Like, for instance, when Marshall comes back, <laughs> not really, but I think it's a good signing um, for the squad to improve your squad. You know, you had little impact after going 4 0 down at Brentford, and um, but you know. You, it's just the whole squad needs reviving, doesn't it? And if this is a sign to do it, then and it's what I look at. It's got a chance, this one. It has. But I did, United are looking. They're looking at Vardy. There's another four or five players who they're looking at um, just in the forward positions. So, yeah, this one is one to watch. It's got a chance. Yeah, we'll see how it plays out. Obviously, it's just uh, an ex- at an exploratory stage at the moment. Uh, some reports suggesting it was close a little bit too far uh, forward, isn't it? But we understand that's not the case at the moment. Uh, let's move on to another Man United target, uh, Frankie de Jong. Frankie de Jong time. Uh, so, se- several reports coming out yesterday of a bid being well, United's offer ex- expiring, uh, which is a is a weird one. Uh, but United remain confident on this deal. Obviously, Chelsea have been in the mix as well uh, for a number of weeks, but United have lined this deal up. We know and we've reported numerous times over the summer that the deferred wages issue is uh, is the main crux of it. Uh, I'm just hoping that Frankie de Jong hasn't really paid too much attention to the on-field uh, issues that United have had and been scared off by it. But, uh, you know, 
Ten Hag is still hopeful, as I, as I said earlier, of uh, landing five positions. And I'll, I'll talk about that in another minute. But Frankie de Jong is clearly and obviously the number one target because he wants somebody to take the ball off the goalkeeper and the defenders. Much like the position that Christian Eriksen was in the other day. Someone press resistant who can start play uh, and not get tackled uh, with someone on his shoulder. Uh, he wants to, he wants somebody to transfer the ball forward, uh, to, to carry the ball. Uh, and De Jong is the ideal fit. And United have put their entire transfer window, their entire transfer strategy on this one happening. And they're still hopeful, Graham. Yeah, talking to sources, people close to the club, they're sounding as confident as ever, Scott. You know, we know that the player, um, the one message we're getting from the De Jong camp, he's not leaving Barcelona without that money. And, that, and and I was told by a Dutch contact that he really wants it's getting to that point now where De Jong is so offended by Barcelona he wants to make sure it's Barcelona who pay him that money so he's slightly reticent about even Chelsea United saying let's just go come on here's a suitcase we'll give it to you with the money and let's go he really wants Barcelona to honour the, the contract honour their promises to him and and I think he's got every right I really do but if I was a United fan, yeah, it is really frustrating, this whole De Jong thing. But I'd be really enamoured by the way he's conducted himself in this whole situation. He's been very professional. And I think United have as well. You know, United could easily have been venting to the press behind the scenes about what and whatever Laporta is, the way he's been acting, the way the club have been acting. But I think they've both handled themselves very well in this situation. It's unprecedented, isn't it? This isn't just a saga now. It's <laughs> whatever more than a saga is. It's a really strange situation. I still think I'll get it done. And, you know, the longer it goes on, we could pass on her in such a state where Koundé can't even be registered. Rumours that they might even try to play him at right back. Anyway, that whole club is a mess, as we've said on numerous shows. But yeah, United are sounding as if they're still in for this. And Chelsea like him, but they won't make this, as we said last week, I think it was, Scott, they won't make this big push until they know he definitely wants to come to Stamford Bridge. Chelsea are not going to get embroiled in a tit-for-tat. I think they've learnt their lessons. I think Todd Bowley's learnt his lesson from the Rafinha thing. Massively, that hurt him. But he, he was quick to, to see how football works. So I don't think he wants to get involved with this where he agrees terms with De Jong, but then it's a tug of war with United. No, he's I think that he's doing the right thing as well. They're waiting to see how this situation plays out. And yeah, it, it could be a last day thing when Barcelona suddenly pay, pay De Jong what he's worth and then it's a scramble between United and Chelsea. But I think Chelsea will be done before then. So I think the longer it goes on, the more it plays into United's hands, if that makes sense. So uh, as we mentioned, uh, Man United and Eric Ten Hag are still hopeful hopeful is the key word because uh, United have only managed to get three in in what, 14, 15 weeks so far uh, they're still hopeful of landing up to five players before the end of the transfer window, so I'm going to list those, those uh, positions now, they want a new right back, we'll talk to Genio Dest in a second they want Frankie de Jong who is envisioned as the number six they're looking at Adrian Rabio. we've reported on that one, everyone knows where we are with that one, regardless of what you think of the player and his mum uh, you know, that one looks like it might be done soon. He would be the alternative in central midfield. They're also looking at Mateus Cunha, who is a potential new number nine or that player who can oc occupy the central positions and also a wide forward as well, whether that be on the left or the right. Uh, United crying out for somebody on the right-hand side, I think, really, but because uh, they have a lot of options on the left. Uh, but yes, that's ultimately what Eric Ten Hag is still hopeful of doing. Uh 
whether that is actually reality and is pulled off and which whatever you think that however you think that reflects on United whether that's desperation or whatever or whether they've been smart waiting for their targets which that's definitely not the case we'll, we'll see how it goes uh but Graham Pedro Neto is another player who is potentially on the radar from Wolves uh he's been offered around to a number of clubs including Man United Chelsea and Arsenal uh, I'll bring Toby back in in a second, but uh, what's the latest on this one? Yeah, very impressive player, Pedro Neto. I think a lot of people see him as possibly the new Diego Jota, where he's a bit under the radar at Wolves, but you know he started the season well with them. He had a good season last year. You know, he's he's a good player. He really is. I think a lot. George Mendes is involved in this. He's making it known that it's a possibility, and so yeah, it, it's. It's an interesting one. We're doing a story and you'll be able to read it online. Um, keep an eye on this one. Uh, you know, Wolves, um, we'll, we'll touch on it in a moment. They've splashed out 100 million so far this summer. So they do need to bring some money in. And Neto is really that one sellable asset they've got, um, apart from the mighty Max Kilman, obviously, but he's not going anywhere after Conor Cody's move. So, yeah, I think it's, this this one's got a real a real chance, this one. And it does appeal. Plays in the right place. You know, we were discussing there, right-hand side for Manchester United. It'd be a perfect fit there as well. It'd be a perfect fit for Chelsea on the right. And it is good enough to 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 push towards the Liverpool scene. Maybe not quite there, but I think he's a really, really talented boy. Um, and I think this could be one to keep, really keep an eye on the last 10 days of window for this one. You, uh, you rate him, Toby, as well, from, I remember, our previous conversations. Yeah, he, he was injured most of last year, wasn't he? He had a serious injury. But the first two seasons at Wolves, he was very impressive. And he was I think he broke into the Portugal team. Um, and he was looking very, very good. And we were talking about him moving to a bigger club. He could have been, I think he was mentioned with Liverpool um, at some point in the past. Um, and he started off this season brightly, as, as Graham said. I know it's only been two games. The one thing I would add is that he did sign a new five-year deal in March. So... If United are to pursue him, I would imagine Wolves will be firm over their valuation of him. Um, And I would imagine that he could command probably a fee of around 50 million, at least given his potential. And he's only, what, 22. Um, So a good player, whether or not I feel like he's the right one for United to go after right now. It's that difficult balance, isn't it? You've mentioned Liverpool signing Roberto Firmino from Hoffenheim. He was quite young then. They developed him into a good player. That could be the same for Neto, but United are in a bit of a desperate situation. They need something to come in and work immediately, and that would be big pressure on Neto's shoulders, but definitely a bright prospect. Um, I actually wanted to quickly go back to the Frankie de Jong point you made, Scott. Is he just playing number six, or does he need to take the goal kicks as well? Because David De Gea can't be trusted to play a sensible pass. Well, I know that we all disagree on uh, United's goalkeeping uh standings etc etc David De Gea doesn't look capable to me of learning uh, how to distribute Uh, he just looks flustered doesn't he he always looks flustered when he's put under pressure there's no doubting he's a great shot stopper but even on the weekend he let that sort of get away from him as well that first goal was terrible Um, I don't know he doesn't strike me with any confidence and then of course Dean Henderson had a cracking game for Forest against West Ham saved a penalty can throw the ball, kick the ball, does all the things that United apparently want from a goalkeeper, and yet he's the one who's gone. United, uh, I would be very surprised if they did manage to replace David De Gea uh, in goal in the next couple of weeks, Uh, but it is a longer-term issue that they perhaps need to address, regardless of what Graham thinks. 
Well, they, they are looking for number two. As you see on site, we did do a piece at the weekend on Alex McCarthy. He's on yeah, his list to be um, looking for a high-quality number two. Um, we did look at Sirius U, the Italian who's gone to Napoli now. He, he was the last. I think he was the last of the, the decent free agents available on the market. So United will have to pay money um, for number two now. And, uh, yeah, England international Alex McCarthy is on that list. I'm not including Ben Foster in the great free transfer, so um, I do apologise to him if he ends up back at United, but I don't think he will. He's got a big YouTube channel, isn't he? He's uh, he's very much happy. The cycling GK, I believe. Uh, one more player linked with United or wanted by United. The answer at right back potentially is Serginio Dest, who has been starting to accept uh, that Barcelona don't really have plans for him and potentially... A route to Man United because Diogo Dallo's in there, Aaron Wambasaka's in there, nobody's really doing it. Wambasaka is up for sale, Graham. Yeah, Wambasaka fully expect him to move back to Palace before the end of the window on loan. Um, it'll probably spend the next two or three years, a bit similar to how he sent Sahar back there. Um, and that's, I think that one will happen, as we've said before. Des is a really interesting one, you know, that V is making it known he's, he's not part of his plans. It's a strange one because, you know, They've been linked after Thomas Munier, even Diego Dalot. Obviously, have there's something that Dest isn't doing at Barca. He's really not Xavi's cup of tea. But I like him as a player. And, and we said United were offered him early in the summer, as were Chelsea. And both like him. Both want the right back. So we've said for quite a while, haven't we, Scott, that Dest will likely end up in the Premier League. And it does look as if it's coming back that way. And he is a former Ten Hag boy from Ajax. Earned his move to Barca. And I think it could be a great signing for whoever gets it. If it's Chelsea or United, I think United would be the better fit, guaranteed first-team football. Um, it's a no-brainer, really. But I think United and Chelsea and its other suitors have been waiting for Des to realise that he has no future at the club, um, which I think is starting to uh, I think it's starting to sink in now that he doesn't have any future at the Camp Nou. So we'll have to see what deal Barcelona come up with. Man United hopeful of landing a right-back, a defensive midfielder or a six, a centre midfielder, a wide forward and a, fo- and a striker. Before the end of the transfer window, is that too ambitious? Probably, uh, given um, how Man United behave in the market. But... I, 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 think, I think it's possible. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I think they do need it. So, yeah, if he doesn't want to be known as Eric 10 weeks, I think they do need to get it done. That's a, that's a lot of surgery he's got <laughs> to need to do in the next two weeks, isn't it? And they've had the entire summer to do it. I don't know the way that it's looking at the moment. I'm not too optimistic. Anyway, let's move on to uh, Chelsea. Are we not talking our bet, Scott, yet? Do you want to talk our bet? Shall I pay out? (laughs) 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 I'd like to renegotiate. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to remind remind everyone of what the bet is. Uh, So uh, Graham uh, is backing Newcastle to be the highest finishing United in this Premier League season. Toby... Was not so convinced. He did think it would be Manchester United. But as, as it stands, Graham's Newcastle have a four-point lead on the other two Uniteds. And even Leeds are doing quite well in that race at the moment. So will United get relegated? I get the two, Northern, I get the two Northeast clubs as default, don't I? <laughs> uh, yes. So let, we'll see how that one goes. Let's talk Chelsea, though, because Chelsea are moving. Uh, or they're trying to. Anyway, so we'll talk... Wesley Fafana to start with, I guess, uh, desperate for a move to Chelsea and talks are ongoing. Gra- um, Graham, I'll come to you in a second. But Toby, what, what do you make of this uh, this pursuit? Because 
going to cost a lot of money, but we saw at the weekend that Reese James is massively more effective at right wing back than at right centre back. And perhaps somebody like Wesley Fafana will offer the pace to track back that Reese James will offer and allow Reese James to slot more into that favoured position. Yeah, I think Fafana would unlock Reese James's potential, but not just that. I said about a year ago, prior to Wesley Fafana's own long-term injury, he's going to be an amazing defender. He's going to be a world-class defender. He was brilliant when we first got into Leicester's team. And I've seen plenty of encouraging signs to think that he can go to the very top of the game. Um, and I think his pace um, and ability to read the game would not just unlock Rhys James, but couple that with Koulibaly's physicality, speed, power, um, Chelsea could have a formidable back line again. I know we were fretting somewhat that Chelsea's defence was weak, but if they sign Wesley Fofana, you'd arguably say they've got one of the strongest back lines in the division again. And it gives Thomas Tuchel a bit of tactical flexibility, which I think he's going to implement um, quite often this season. He's going to switch between a four and a three. Ruben Loftus-Cheek was playing right wing back for a lot of Sunday's game against Spurs. So that shows... The um the ability of Rhys James in midfield as well, doesn't it? The fact that he's got um so much to his game and he obviously popped up for the for the goal that didn't turn out to be the winner. Um but yeah, Fafana for me, one of the best young central defenders in the world, and I think he could be I think he's Real Madrid's material in the future. I think he's that good. Graham, uh, what's the latest? Uh, Chelsea are looking uh, to complete a deal for Wesley Fofana, as far as we understand it. And they're also targeting uh, a forward as well, or a wide forward, which has some of us bemused. I, I don't know what you think, uh, but the way that Everton are rejecting offers for Anthony Gordon and the way Chelsea are bidding for Anthony Gordon at the moment, I'm not sure who's more crazy, in the nicest possible way. Yeah, Fafana's progressing, you know. The player really is making it known now that he wants to go. He didn't do it before. But I still think Leicester are quite right to, to hold out for 80. I think, whilst not value, I don't think it's... As Toby said, I think he's one of the world's best. He, he's good enough to make my 1-11 to favourite team, Scott Fafana. Um, did we so say that, that we were going to do that on this week's episode? We, we did. Do you yeah, have it ready? I, well, I, I, I was trying to think of my forward. Um, the highlight of it, Moussa Diaby, Phil Foden... Verratti, Kilman, and Fafana at the back. That's the sort of taste. We'll, we'll do it one week. But how yeah. many players? It's, you not, got it's not. It's not. It's not, the, it's not the best of eleven. But it's a well. Reese James. I've got. No, I did an eleven. Reese James, Lonzo Davis, Zach Steffen in goal, Middlesbrough keeper. Obviously, um, the, the, the problem I've got is by putting Reese James in, I've got to leave Isaiah Jones out. He was having a spectacular start to the season. Really well. Really good. Um, and I'm so happy Spurs took Jed Spence instead of him. Um, and obviously, Phil Foden's the captain, leads the way, been named after him as well. Um, but yeah, no, we'll do that in the time. But I said, Fofana is that good? I still think that'll get done. The player is really pushing this now. I think that's the one deal if Leicester do do. You know, we spoke about Vardy and getting rid of Vardy isn't necessarily um, about money, but I think it's more about the contract and whether they could get that. But on Fofana, yeah, we've, I, Chelsea are confident of that. They think they get him done. And going forward, Fofana and Koulibaly could be sensational you know it could be Couturella if we see it as a Couturella for Fana Koulibaly and Reese James back four like 
that's as good as anything in world football, isn't it? It really is. And with Mendy behind. Um, in terms of Anthony Gordon, yeah, it's a really interesting one. We had the information on Sunday evening that Chelsea were coming in for him. Everton tried to straight bat it, but obviously, um, unfortunately, the ball had already passed the, the stumps, etc. Toby's cricket love. Um, it was already out there. Um, yeah, it, Anthony Gordon's a strange one. Um, it, it, he's a Marmite type player already, isn't he? He's only young, but he's a Marmite type player. Uh, I quite like him. And you know, 45 minutes is what you pay for players in England now, isn't it? You know, that's a typical, typical price. I think he could um, do very well. Uh, does he improve that starting 11? He doesn't for me. And, and, but I think, you know, I isn't the only one. You know, we, we confirmed the news about Wilfred Sahar last week. That is, Travelled a bit more. There is still an interest there from Chelsea. We're speaking to Palace. I do wonder if they sign two forwards. They do need it, I think. So, and obviously, Chelsea fans suddenly liking Zahar after last night's performance at Anfield. Great finish, a, yeah, Great and finish. you know, and and hey, what better way for you know these Chelsea fans on the fence who are saying, "Is he good enough?" What better way to do it in Anfield? And it sounds silly, but you know, if Todd Burley's on the fence about Zaha, what 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 better way than to do it against Liverpool? But back to Gordon, it's an interesting one as well because there could be quite a lot of players involved in this deal. Frank uh, Everton, they like I think we could name four or five. There's Gilmore, there's Barkley, there's Batsuai, who still is at Chelsea, let alone still a professional footballer. He's still there. Um, they also like uh, who's there's Gilmore, Barkley. There was one more as well. I've forgotten off Hudson the top of Hudson Adoy, yeah, yeah, and Hudson Adoy is a complete, is a separate one as well, where he actually could be involved in the Zahar deal, which might be separate. I think even if they get Gordon, they want another forward as well. But I think, yeah, they clearly want him, and they're putting these bids in. We we'll have to see the makeup of it in in terms of who Everton want, who Everton get out of the deal, because I think Everton do need numbers, and I think that's why they're considering this deal, guys. I don't think it's a straight forty-five million. Let's go and spend it. I think it's for players who Lampard could get. And I think he particularly likes the look of Billy Gilmore. Ross Barkley's obviously interesting. West Ham and Celtic as well. Uh, he's one for the end of the window, a loan deal, if if not back to Everton. But yeah, an interesting one, Gordon. This one, we don't see many player exchange deals, but this could involve, this could be a real Todd Burley baseball type trade deal here. We could see three or four Chelsea players involved in this. Uh, Toby, this is a, if you've got 45 million on the table, Possibly more when you have a lot of players you need to sign for Everton. This is a must, surely. If I was offered forty-five billion for Anthony Gordon, I'd probably be calling the other club back and saying, "Did you mean to leave this much money here?" Because for me, that fee is unbelievably excessive. He works hard. He's a good presser. Is that enough for forty-five million? I don't really think it is. He's not sh- Everton were awful last season. He was the standout player in an awful team that didn't take a lot. Um, and Everton have lost their first two games of this season as well. So, if che- okay, there's probably more to his game than that, but I haven't had, seen had it. Had put Everton in their bottom three? I say that because I know you two didn't. So I, I put them seventeen. I, I, really, I, 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 I really did want to. I did want to. But I looked at the <laughs> other teams and I was like, I just can't. I just can't. But it would not. It would not surprise me. Let me just. Let me just say. I, I don't know what this pursuit says for Chelsea's faith in Callum Hudson Odoi. I know that's a player we're expecting to leave Chelsea and wants to leave Chelsea, but I don't see Anthony Gordon as an upgrade on Callum Hudson Odoi whatsoever. I think, I think it's probably a case of Chelsea. You know, they've given Zayic. Pulisic and Hudson-Odoi a chance and you know, it's two Chelsea saying get them let's just replace them three 
I don't know if Hudson Odoi has had a chance though. Has he played wing back for quite a while? Did quite well, but he's not there's actually a lot. played. I think with, with him, it's a, it's a lot, there's a lot of off-field stuff. As so I mean, we'd be critical about Ronaldo off-field. Hudson Odoi hey, makes him look like Mary Poppins and what we're being told. <laughs> Even if that is the case, I don't think Anthony Gordon is the one. And if I'm Everton. I'm saying absolutely yes, please. Although if Chelsea are willing to stump up 45 million and perhaps go even more, then I I guess I understand why Everton are perhaps delaying a potential sale because um, Everton do need bodies. I think Armando Brozier was the other player, Graham, that Everton yeah, really yeah. like. Um, so whether or not Chelsea I said will... there could be like, you know, ba- I think Barkley, Gilmore, Brozier, Batshuayi. You can see them all going. And, and then... It could almost be a straight swap, couldn't it? And and why would Chelsea do that? That's an awful lot of wages that they'd be saving. Um, well, it, w- it would be very Everton to take all of those players because they're on exceptionally high wages. Graham, let, let's just say Everton do manage to land fifty-two million for Anthony Gordon. Fifty-two mm-hmm. million, just a, a name I've plucked out of my out of my head. Are they going to spend that on goal shy chance missing Neil Morpay? Yeah, we've done a story today. Um, Nottingham Forest. Um, we, we did a story on Nottingham Forest last night. They were, they were in talks to sign two very impressive deals for them. Two French players, Hossam Ouar from Lyon, who almost joined Arsenal, as we know, and Neil Morpé. Neil Morpé, who attracted a bid from Salnatana, as we revealed earlier in the month. That hasn't progressed. Um, Nottingham Forest have um, come in and agreed to deal around £15 million. But obviously, in the Premier League, if you don't get deals done quickly, unless you see the player with that shirt in the hand, um, other clubs can come in, and we understand Everton and Fulham have now come in. Um, also, heard Leeds are looking around that situation, which again would make sense with them needing a striker. So Neil Mopé is going to have his choice of clubs, and yeah, Everton are one of those who are looking. Everton need need a lot, you know. The the fact that Anthony Gordon was playing centre forward against Chelsea in that opening games tells you I think Everton need at least three. You know, Calvert Lewin that can't be relied upon. So I think three forwards isn't isn't outlandish for Everton. I was and just so, going to say, Graham, that's exactly the same as how the Villa game played out the weekend. Everton had no um, purpose in the final third because they didn't have a, fo- a focal point. When Salomon Rondon came on, he actually affected the game hugely. He was winning flick oh, their bodies. Yeah, uh, so, bodies so, so Rondon and Calvert-Lewin, there's, there's probably two-thirds <laughs> of the season covered by them too, yeah. Um, it's fascinating. Too. And, and a lot of clubs now, they want these options off the bench with these five subs now. Unless you're doing player ratings like us, which is a scourge of anyone doing player ratings, having those eight subs come on in the last two minutes. Um, it's 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 an urgent thing, isn't it? It's in my night as well. It's probably why they're looking at these forwards. These, you can really change. And, and there's been this habit, hasn't it? I can't remember which manager was doing it, where someone threw five subs on in the championship and stuff. And people, can, you can make a huge difference with some of these subs now when you're changing half your team. And if you've got two forwards to come on. So, yeah, Everton need this. Malpe, is he... You know, compared to what they've got, he is a massive improvement, isn't he? <laughs> compared to Anthony Gordon and Solomon Rondon, Maupé is. You know, he's not going to get you twenty goals, but hey, he might get eight or ten, which might be enough to keep Everton up. We'll see how that one plays out, but we'll move along to. I need some sirens or some kind of jingle for the West Ham section. Uh, you know, you know, I can put blowing bubbles on if you want, mate. It's probably on my phone somewhere. It needs to be more. Um, you know. Do, 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 do. You know that siren or horn? That's the word. Tell us uh, what's in the what's in the West Ham section this week, Toby. Possible signing, Scott, which is great news for David Moyes because good God, he doesn't have any fit defenders. So 
I don't know if you watched the Forest game at the weekend, another loss for West Ham to put them 19th, just above Manchester United in the table. But they started the game with Kurt Zuma and Ben Johnson at centre-back. Ben Johnson is very clearly not a centre-back and Kurt Zuma can barely move. Um, his knee looks to be in shocking condition and his overall mobility was was not great. Um, and we've spoken about the injuries to Aguerd, Craig Dawson, Issa Diop's now gone, so West Ham... Desperate to get players in. Looks like Theo Keira from PSG is on the right track. Personal terms agreed is what we understand. He prefers moving to West Ham over Sevilla. The transfer fee has not quite been thrashed out with Paris Saint-Germain, so there's not a complete agreement. But a fee of around €15 million, Euros, inclusive of add-ons, is what West Ham are hoping to do for him. And the hope is that he is in, signed and available to play against Brighton next Sunday. But I would imagine he won't be the only centre-back that West Ham go after, such as this injury crisis that David Moyes is facing. Um, also movement in midfield, Hans Vanneken of Club Bruges is a is a target for West Ham, a €10 million Euro bid rejected, we understand. Club Bruges have already so, uh, sold Charles de Ketelet, Graham's favourite person who's been reporting he's one weeks. team Graham yeah I was going to say CDK can be at number 10 stick yeah. him in stick him in but he's gone to Milan Noah Lang's also got a bit of interest Jack Hendry as well so Club Bruges not under any financial pressure to sell they probably want at least what double West Ham have offered but do expect West Ham to go back in with another bid the player is interested in exploring a move to West Ham he's actually got a very good goal record in Belgium but again we have to caveat with the fact that it's in Belgium. Um, but he's a, an attacking midfielder, 29, would add further depth to uh, West Ham's goal threat. And they don't really have an attacking midfielder centrally who offers any kind of goal threat. Thomas Socek has dried up in that regard. Um, why do Farnells and Lanzini not offer a goal threat? Isn't, isn't that just the way... When, when I watched you on Sunday, I thought, you know, you, Socek was trying his best, but I just thought the build-up was so... Ponderous at times, you know. It Creswell, was, it was laboured. Creswell, yeah. Creswell looks like he is an attacking left back, but he very rarely delivers anything of quality. And I think, um, yeah, yeah I, I, I think it'd be it's, it's a tough call because you know, you've got Fornells and Lanzini are capable of hitting double figures themselves. All, all fair point. Pablo Fornells is a fantastic worker and offers a lot in terms of creativity and his passing accuracy is very good, but he looks for the pass rather than attempting to shoot. He did hit the crossbar at the weekend with a, a cracking effort, but goal scoring is not his forte. He's missed a ton of chances over the last couple of years. And Lanzini, I think there's just concerns over whether or not he can play a full 90 minutes and be effective. He's much better suited as being an, in, an impact sub. Um, but West Ham need more than that. We haven't scored a goal in the first two games of the season. And actually in pre-season, it was a very similar um, state of affairs. West Ham haven't scored many. So... Vanneken is one of many attacking targets that West Ham I think Declan could Rice bring is getting, getting up a bit lightly too, see? He wasn't good on Sunday. I think we everybody can admit that outside of missing the penalty. He broke up play effectively, but he misplaced a number of passes. He wasn't his usual self. Um, but perhaps that was because of the confidence he had in, in the back line, which watching that, it looked like Forrest could score with every attack. Um so that I, was I've, told, I've, I've heard someone say, Toby, this Vanneken could be the uh, the new Fellaini, and it quite could turn out to be that way, couldn't it? 
like Moises, Moises, Moises new for the yes Arsenal. yeah he's a big bloke he's six foot five and I think he's more of a an attacking midfielder rather than a, a central midfielder so again that would depend on the system that West Ham want to play but um yeah time he for could come in. start do you see at the weekend time for Skamakas to start I think it is when you play pay that much oh, money I wouldn't drop Antonio. I wouldn't drop Mikel Antonio though oh, I wouldn't okay, okay. No, Miguel Antonio, I thought, was really good on Sunday. Put himself he was, about... He, was unlucky. Um, he was unlucky. He adds so much to West Ham's game. And actually, Jared Bowen is the one who's had a very mm. slow start to the season. So, whether it's or interesting, not... It's, it's interesting. Yeah, that's two. Obviously, Rice is going to go to the World Cup no matter what. But Bowen is one of these players, isn't he, where he has to be careful. If if Vanekin comes in or Antonio goes out wide and he suddenly finds himself out of the team for a month, he needs to be very careful, doesn't he? Well, West Ham needed a goal on Sunday and they took Jared Bowen off to bring on Maxwell Cornet, which is a, a decent replacement. But last season, you wouldn't have seen Bowen coming off at any cost. Um, so, yeah, there's irons in the fire. I'm going to use that term again because I know you love it oh, so Toby. much. God. Yeah. That should be, that's the name of the section. Irons in the fire. Uh, yeah, oh, irons in the fire. fire. There we go. That's brilliant. We've got the name. The fire is currently the relegation zone. So, uh, hey, United me, 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 yeah, me and you both, mate. We're, go, we're going down with Frankie Lamps. It's all good. It's good mention in there as well for Marouane Fellini. I'll point back for United fans listening that those grim days of Marouane Fellini lumping the ball to him were much better than the current days that we're having for Man United at the moment. 20th in the Premier League. But uh, let's move along because Wolves you are doing Because you had a better manager, Scott. Yeah, well, that's true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Better track record anyway. Uh, yes, let's move on to Wolves, Graham, because they're doing Ooh. some business. Yeah, it's interesting. Obviously, we just spoke about Pedro Neto and um, the fact that they're minute selling to raise funds because they've gone about the business and they've spent now, once uh, this deal for Matias Nunes gets over the line, they've spent over 100 million. But Huang back in the summer uh, for just 15, then Nathan Collins and Goncalo, Goncalo Guides, um, the Portuguese man. So they brought. There's some real quality, actually, to be fair. I think, I think, and this boy Nunes is coming in. It's an interesting way it's panned out. They went for him in June, and the player wasn't that keen. He was wanting to see what options there was because you know, he's got Liverpool and City who, who've had a good look at him. Um, he turned down West Ham. How dare he, TC? He must have known what was coming this season. Yeah. Uh, Moyes confirmed that last week. He's a very, very good player, this boy. They missed out on Paulinho to Fulham. There's been some very strange decisions made by his Portuguese this summer. Um, and so they went for Goncalves. Um, and now they've gone for um, Nunes, who is a real, real top draw player. And and it's a club record deal, guys. £42 million. Um, who was the previous one? You probably did you read the story last night. Who was the previous record uh, signing? For Wolves. Uh, no, no, long, no longer at the club, TC. Is it Jogo Jota? Oh, he hasn't got it. I know Scott knows it. I think Scott Oh, okay. Go on then. Does he know it? I don't actually. I don't. Oh, oh, uh, oh it's Fabio Silva. Well, he's yeah. so forgettable with Fabio oh. Silva. Yes. He scored at the weekend as well. Did, Did he? See? Uh, lovely little glancing header for Andrew. And to be fair, Wolves point out actually, when the Wolves do point out, saying there's no obligation for this, they've sent him out to get confidence and they still think there's a future for him at the club. And he's obviously he's Portuguese. So, but I, I like, I, I love Nunes as a sign and he's great. Um, Wolves, they still need another striker. They're still waiting to do that. But with Neto, again, I, I think it does point to possibly Neto leaving. So, but as a Wolves fan, you can't complain because they have splashed the cash. You know, we didn't, th- we didn't think Wolves would. Bruno Lager, who wanted players in, he was a bit 
um, vocal towards the end of last season. He hasn't been this summer, but then they backed him. They've signed some real quality, and I like what Wolves have done. And but it may mean the Wolves fans will have to accept it. it may mean Neto leaving, as we said. But to get a player of Nunes's quality, who I think, well, I can comfort. He was definitely on Liverpool's radar. But whether they would go and spend this sort of money, we know they're not that they don't tend to do that thing at the end of the window. Was there a bit of a falling out, G, between Bruno, Large and Connor Cody? Is that why he... Because he played virtually every minute for Wolves for the last three or four seasons. And then to suddenly be A, out of the team and B, allowed to join Everton on loan seems a bit strange from the outside. But there must be method behind the madness. I think they just accepted that he was the weak link coming out of the season. Obviously, we know it wasn't Max Kilman that's the weak link um, in that defence. I think there was a few issues. Cody was getting turned a bit and I think it was just you know the sign Nathan Collins took the chance um to get him in alongside Kilman and then the Cody they they appreciate him job and I like what Wolves did you know they didn't demand a huge fee etc let him go out on loan I think they did right by him and I think I think it was a nice exit if you're ever going to leave a club in a decent way I thought that's the way you should do it they're also playing a back four actually aren't they maybe they yeah. just thought Connor Cody is not suitable for playing in a back four a conversation we've had about many central defenders who look good in a three, but actually when they're in a two, not quite so handy. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, Cordy is a good pickup for Everton in terms of not bodies. I'm not sure he's a huge improvement on what they already have, but, you know, he's a, he's a good, as we know, as Gareth Southgate too, he's a, he's a good man to have in the dressing room. I'm sure Frank will um, be thankful to have him at, at points this season. Let's uh, let's move on. Manchester City have on Tuesday confirmed the signing of Sergio Gomez, uh, who is, you know, he's now they we understand their answer at left left back. Uh, obviously, known more for his qualities going forward. I think he can play in a number of different positions, uh, maybe similar to Zinchenko in a sense. Uh, young young lads, highly rated. Uh, City have been looking for an answer at left back. Is is this it, Graham? Yeah, I wouldn't say exactly. He's like Sinchenko. He's, he's a proper out-and-out wide man. He's, he's an assist machine. Um, I was just refer, going to refer back to his history. He, got, he was one of the, had the most assists in Europe, 11 last season, and 11 the season before that. Um, when I say Zinchenko in, in terms of the ability to play in a number of different positions. Yeah, I think that down that left, he fills the gap. We you know, City at first, when this first move first emerged, they were saying he's one for the under-23s, even, maybe even loaned out. And we know a few clubs touched it, but obviously Pep, we, we reported last week that we think he might stay, and Pep's confirmed that. So, I, I think he's a terrific option to come off the bench. Um, and the way that City play, you know, having having this winger, winger type fullback, is is ideal, as you say, Scott. He, he'll fill in that role. He'll bomb down the left, and you know, twenty two assists. I know it's in Belgium, but that's still mightily impressive, along with with eleven goals over those two seasons as well. And, and what is it? They paid less than fifteen million for him. Could be an absolute absolute bargain. Um, so it's an interesting one, yeah. And I think it, it's a good sign because it takes the pressure off City now. If they get another more um, high profile left back, if they're going Manchester Quarantini out of Arsenal, highly unlikely. But if they did, it but it just takes that pressure off, doesn't it? It's a, it's a clever deal, I think. Football manager, highly rated lad, Toby knows. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's move on to uh, the last section West, of the West show. West Ham did actually have a look at this guy. In, I think it was January, Toby, that West Ham had a good look. Yeah, at yeah, I remember the link. Yeah. There we go. Uh, Newcastle as well. We'll finish up with them. The latest, Graham, on João Pedro and Gonzalo Ramos of Benfica. Yeah, João Pedro is an interesting one. Um, he's been on, on the radar of... Um, 
Porto and Benfica. He was brought in meant to be the new Richarlison, wasn't he? Hasn't quite happened for him, but he's full of potential, full of talent. And I think, you know, he, he would be a nice backup to Callum Wilson, can play out wide as well. I think Newcastle are just testing the water. Um, obviously, Emmanuel Dennis has gone. Um, we imagine Ishmael Asar will follow suit as well, who, who arguably would be a better sign for Newcastle personally. But um, who knows, it might happen as well. But yeah, they tried for him at 20. Uh, 25. I don't think that Watford are going to let him go. They don't need the money, but we'll see how that one progresses. And Goncalo Ramos, the Benfica striker, who was Darwin Nunes' replacement. But seemingly he's a bit of a fallout there with Roger Smith. Even though he's playing, he doesn't seem to be in love with him. Um, so Newcastle are looking seriously at this guy. I think 35 million might be enough to get him out. They think he has been offered around the Premier League, like a lot of players have. Um, he was on United's radar as well. Nottingham Forest, obviously. Um, after every play in Europe, it seems at times. So yeah, this is available. Um, I think he's okay. I think is he better than Callum Wilson? No. Um, someone I, I read some reports suggesting he can play out wide. He's not really. He's a, he's a number nine. So uh, they do he's need young, two. Though. They do, and I think it'd be a nice backup to Wilson. And that would still mean they need someone on the right, which they still are trying to do. Newcastle material ideally um, want them two forwards, but Lucas Paquetta is still a player they love as well. So Newcastle, ideally they want three, probably two, before the end of the window. There we have it. Uh, any pa- any final thoughts, Toby, from today's show? Don't think so. No, all good there. All good as West Ham and Man United sit in the relegation zone behind Newcastle and Leeds in the race of the Uniteds uh, up the you Premier League table. You need, you need to refer to Newcastle as United at the moment. Fine. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Manchester United, bottom of the league table. Uh, United, no, I can't do it, Grant. Uh, <laughs> let, let's go anyway. We've had our fill today, 53, 55 minutes of transfer chat. We did a big section on Manchester United as well. You can spot that on the YouTube channel soon on Nightmin underscore football, I believe. Is that our, is that our Twitter app? Is that yes. our YouTube yeah. app? It is. Nightmin football, anyway. That's our, uh, you can find us in loads of different places on all of your social medias. Uh, and you can find us on next week's show as well. Next Tuesday, we'll have another Talking Transfers. In the meantime, please subscribe to our show on all of your major podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, etc. And also, yes, go to that YouTube channel as well and give a subscription to our channel there. Uh, and also follow us on Twitter, at underscore Scott Saunders, at Graham Bailey, and at Toby underscore Cudworth for all the latest transfer talk and uh, latest transfer developments. Until we meet you next time, thanks very much for listening, everyone. See you soon.